KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is the Rundown, Philadelphia's local news podcast for Friday, November 19th, 2021. I'm Jay Scott Smith here with Sabrina Boyd Circa and Brian Seltzer, and we're asking the eternal question of what's in a costume? In the case of the iconic Philly fanatic, it wasn't everything, but it sure was a lot. People had really, really strong opinions about the Fanatics costume, especially when it changed a couple years back. But, you know, everyone can be happy now because the original costume is back. I still say there's far more to the Fanatic than the costume. It's just he's just a personality. He just embodies Philly, you know. With the intense reaction this story generated when it happened, I think it speaks to the big picture idea that the Fanatic is transcendent. He's universal. He's beloved, not just here in Philadelphia, but around the globe. And I can't wait to get into what we have in store for today's episode. And whether you're a fan of the Phillies, which if you're listening to this podcast, high probability you are, or a fan of things just distinctly and obscurely and weirdly Philadelphia, it was welcome news this week that the city of Philadelphia, the Philly Fanatic, got his look back. He doesn't have the powder blue. He doesn't have the wings. His butt got smaller. Normally, we all get a little bit happier if our butt gets a little bit smaller over time. We'll talk with the Fanatics' best friend, Tom Burgoyne, as he'll join us today on the show. But first, let's get to a rundown of today's headlines. We start off this Friday with word that the FDA has approved COVID booster shots for all adults across the board now. That's good news. Everyone will be able to get their booster shots pretty soon. The CDC still needs to make their recommendation, but it's in the works. It's going to be happening probably in time to get your booster before the holidays for all adults. We're going full steam ahead into 2022 because year three of this pandemic hopefully can be the last year of this pandemic, and it's going to take efforts like that. So yeah, go out there and get vaxxed up because it's definitely needed to get this thing toned down. We're on Zoom right now, guys. Does it look like I'm glowing or radiating or emitting some weird energy? I'm about 20 hours. Do I look happy? Do I seem okay? No more than the other big Brian energy we get out of you every day, man. (laughs) So I'm 20 hours in to my booster, my Pfizer booster. And what a fine experience it was. I spoke to the pharmacist. I was chatting him up at the place where I got my booster shot on Thursday. And I said, well, how's it going? What's the foot traffic like in here? And he said, actually, it's been less people coming in for their booster and more people coming in for their first dose because we're getting the time of holiday season. And I think that between that and employment requirements, people are starting to see a higher sense of urgency, perhaps if they had been reluctant or hesitant previously, more of a sense of urgency to get it done now. And then my response to that was, I guess if I had to choose, I'd rather people get, I said this to the pharmacist, I'd rather people get their first dose than their third. But he was like, no. He's like, y'all got to get it because some of the northernmost states in the US that are starting to get colder and colder already, they're pretty good with their vaccination rates through the booster, but people are still spreading it. There's still a surge because now up there, people are starting to get where? Indoors, because it's colder outside. So whether it's your first, second, third dose, what you want to get 100, fine. It matters just the same. Get your shots. You know, one thing that was kind of throwing me was I feel like I've seen just everyone I know getting booster shots. And technically so far, it's only for people who are immunocompromised or have some uh, work reason or are older. And I'm kind of like, but places aren't checking. I've had people tell me they just walked into CVS or signed up online and there is nothing to check off that says whatever reason I'm eligible. So at this point, the FDA says boosters are good. We're a little bit away from the CDC saying the same thing. It's kind of like, just go, 
We now go into South Jersey. In fact, we go down the shore to Atlantic City for something a little different. For the first time in nearly 20 years, the city of Atlantic City will have, in its own city limits, a brand new supermarket. Atlantic City become what has been known as a food desert. There have been a number of those around the country. These are urban areas that don't have supermarkets where people can simply go to the store and buy their own food. They've been relying or subsisting on such things as convenience stores and gas stations. It's a thing. And Atlantic City is finally getting in front of it to cut that off after all these years. Mike Doherty was just telling me about this yesterday. Atlantic City hasn't had a full service supermarket in 15 years. And it's hard to understand if you don't live in a food desert. It's just something that you you kind of take for granted. It's there. You can walk to a grocery store or drive. It's just easy to get whatever you need. Imagine if that's not there. So and in the whole of Atlantic City. So now it is. Governor Murphy talked a little bit about why this is such a big deal and how big of a deal it is. Everything families will need will be right here in a central in-city location, directly accessible by public transportation, ride-sharing applications, and even delivery services. One thing that I think is really cool, too, is that the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority is helping to make this happen. They they are the ones who foot the bill to build this supermarket, and they're leasing it to Village Supermarket, which is the company that runs a bunch of shop rights in the area, for just $1 a year. So everyone is really invested in this happening. We should point out that Ventnor City is not the same as Atlantic City. And yes, there is that Acme right when you get off the expressway, but it's not the same as Atlantic City. And even though it's only a stone's throw away in terms of mileage, people may not be able to access that. It's a different deal. So I think something that is central to Atlantic City in and of itself, where if you've really been in there, totally different situation can only help. Just to have it nearby where you may not have to jump into two or three cars or get into public transit. Sometimes you might live within walking distance and you just need something from a supermarket. It's one of the things where you don't realize how much you need it until it's not there. And we wrap up our headlines with a couple of interesting stories attached to sports. The first one is this wonderful story about a father and daughter who are bonded by the Philadelphia Eagles. But here's the catch. They've never been to a birds game before. So how's this working out? Okay, so I'm going to try and break down this story as succinctly and in as straightforward fashion as I possibly can. Shout out to our man, Dave Uram, who got the scoop. There's this woman, lives in Maryland, Diana Godwin. She's a huge Eagles fan, along with her dad. And she surprises her dad back on Father's Day with tickets to the Eagles game at Washington, which is in a couple weeks in the beginning of January. He's shocked. You can hear his reaction maybe in the background. We're throwing in some sound here from Diana's Twitter feed. Stop playing. <laughs> Stop playing. Dad's really surprised. His name is Derek. He can't believe it. But then the Eagles got word of all this through the magic of social media, and then they got one of their players, Brandon Graham, involved. Hey, Derek, Brandon Graham here. I heard you a big Eagles fan and have been for many years. I also know that you've never been to an Eagles game before, and I saw your daughter got you tickets to our away game versus Washington at the end of the season. What a great gift, and I know you appreciated that. However, we at the Eagles want to host you at a game at Lincoln Financial Field this year for your first ever Eagles game. I can't wait to see you there. Go Birds. So yes, how awesome is that? Not only are Derek and Diana going to the Birds game at Washington in January, but they will also be in the house at the link this Sunday 
when the Eagles take on the Saints back at home. As I mentioned, Dave Uram had this story. It's up on KYWNewsRadio.com. He spoke with Diana, and she explained why she wanted to do this for Dad. The crazy thing is the part of the video that everyone's seen where he was crying over when he's seen the tickets. It was actually a letter that I wrote him, and he was getting choked up. From that, I was just expressing my love towards him and just thanking him for being such, you know, an amazing father. You've got to watch that video. Like, I highly recommend go on to our website and check out the video of her dad reacting when he reads the note and just, just saying, stop playing. Like, like he can't believe it. It's just, um, it's, it's amazing that something like a football team can bond people so closely. And it's, you can see in, in the way that they talk about it, even in like quotes from them, how much this really means to that father and daughter. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, it's it, Sports can bond families. I know from experience, sports can bond families and bring them together. This is a really cool story. And the other really cool story here in the city of Philadelphia, Bryce Harper won National League MVP. He ends up having statistically one of the greatest seasons in Philly's history. Managed to do so while not making the National League All-Star team this year, by the way. But once the All-Star break passed, he basically took this whole team over and tried to will them to the postseason. They finished with their first winning record in almost a decade, fell short of the playoffs, but he had such a great season that he ends up winning MVP. And who better than to tell him he's won MVP than one of the greatest Phillies players of all time, Michael Jack Schmidt. So I'm going to grab a little glass of champagne right here and salute my good friend and the right fielder from Philadelphia Phillies this year's National League MVP, Bryce Harper. Bryce is the sixth Philly to win National League MVP. Now, Schmidt, who you just heard there, is the only one to win it multiple times. The last time the Phillies had an MVP was when Ryan Howard, my fraternity brother, along with Jimmy Rollins, go back-to-back with it in 2006 and 2007. He had a really touching reaction to this because you could tell how much this meant to him short, of course, of actually making the playoffs and winning a world series. You know, I got to thank, uh, you know, my teammates, um, city of Philadelphia, our fans, um, John Middleton, um, the Middleton whole, the whole Middleton family. This has just become such a huge story here in the city because as much as we've talked about Ben Simmons on the other side of the ledger, you've got a guy like Bryce Harper, who is just, fallen in love with the city of Philadelphia and the city loves him back. There were a bunch of different stats that popped up on my timeline last night, Jay and Sabrina, when the news broke. There was something about guys under 30 year old who won multiple MVPs with different teams, number of times a Philly he's won it. I think this is just the second time ever that a number one overall draft pick has won multiple MVPs, Alex Rodriguez being the other. I think the biggest takeaway, Jay, for me, and we're going to hear about this very shortly from the best friend of the Fanatic, is just how much of a connection Bryce Harper has made to a city that totally wanted nothing to do with him, understandably, before he signed here. He was a villain. He played for a division nemesis, an outstanding baseball player who, by and large, has done everything the right way, has lived up to the hype. I mean, that number one draft pick in any sport, that comes with a lot of pressure and expectations, but he's lived up to it. I hope for his sake, he can get that ultimate feeling of a championship someday. Just a marvelous season. Or as Brian mentioned, a really good guy who's slowly becoming an icon in Philly after he, he was hated in D.C. when he played for the Nationals all those years. And as much as we sat here and talked about Bryce Harper being this year's MVP, one of the all-time MVPs for the Philadelphia Phillies is the Philly Fanatic. We will talk all about his new old look with his best friend, Tom Burgoyne. That's coming up 
when we return on The Rundown. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Jay Scott Smith. And in what was arguably the biggest sports story in the city of Philadelphia, that was until Bryce Harper was named National League MVP last night, the OG Philly Fanatic look is back. And we want to get some context on this story first. And for that, we say hello to KYW News Radio's Mike DiNardo. Mike, good to have you on this Friday. Always a pleasure, Jay. So, Mike, give us a little bit of the backstory here. Why did the Fanatics look change in the first place? We know it got tweaked two years ago. And then what happened this week? Well, what happened this week was uh, a settlement of a, a copyright lawsuit between the Phillies and the original designers of the Philly Fanatic, uh, and that freed the Phillies to uh, go back to the original design. So we'll take you back to 1978. That's when the Fanatic was born. A couple by the names of uh, Bonnie Erickson and Wade Harrison designed the Fanatic. They actually designed costumes for Jim Henson's Muppets, too. So that's a little bit of, of their background. And we enjoyed the Fanatic for years. The Phillies bought the copyright to the Fanatic in 1984. And federal law says that artists have the right to renegotiate terms after 35 years. So that's what Harrison and Erickson did. They went to the Phillies and said, if we can't reach a deal to our satisfaction, then we're going to take back those rights and we're going to make the Philly Fanatic a free agent. (laughs) Heresy in Philadelphia, right? So, So hearing that, the Phillies countersued in an effort to keep their rights to the Fanatic. And with the rights in dispute, the Phillies spring training of 2020, you may remember, they introduced a slightly altered design for the Fanatic. His snout was shorter. He had wings that he didn't have before. His butt was bigger. His eyelashes were powder blue. Subtle changes, but there were enough changes where a a federal magistrate ruled that those changes were enough to define the, quote, new Fanatic as a derivative work. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but in copyright law, That means it's a work based on an existing work that adds new and copyrightable elements. So think like a movie based on a book or one musical artist covering another song. So the Phillies, in effect, had the copyright on the new fanatic. Now, the problem was for fans, this fanatic was just a little bit different, not the version that we Phillies fans were used to over the years. And I suspect most fans would probably say they like the original one better. In any case, uh, both sides went back to the negotiating table and a settlement was reached that was approved by a federal judge, Jay, and the Phillies have said, we're taking the design of the OG, the original Fanatic, and he's already back. My early memories of the Fanatic were always him on the ATV or when I would watch This Week in Baseball when I was a kid and you would always see these bits he would do with Tommy Lasorda and all the kind of fun he would have. Do you have a particular Fanatic bit or memory that comes to mind with you? This is really, really personal, but I went to high school with a guy named Mike Stevens, who was the backup fanatic. And he was at an event and I was at an event. And all of a sudden the fanatic is talking to me, Mike, hey, it's Mike. Hey, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) So we got our pictures taken together and, and no one knew that it wasn't the actual fanatic, but I do. So if, if that counts as a, as a memory, It doesn't mean anything to anyone else, but that's one that I have. And Mike, we appreciate you joining us here on The Rundown. And you get to stick around for a second because we're also going to welcome in 
the Fanatics' best friend. It's our pleasure to welcome Tom Burgoyne onto the rundown. Tom, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the rundown. Hey, uh, great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Tom, we promise we're going to give the Fanatic his due and everything, but we obviously can't bury the lead here. Bryce Harper won the National League MVP just last night. Fanatic's been around a lot of MVPs. How's he feeling about Bryce Harper getting this victory? Well, he's very excited, Jay, and he's he's really so excited that it's making me a little a little jealous, honestly. You know, uh, I, I'm his best friend. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's my job. I'm I'm the best friend of the Philly Fanatic. That's my job title. And we are pals. <laughs> And I don't know, ever since Harper got here, it seems like, uh, you know, the Fanatics bestie now is, is, is Harper, you know, he's, <laughs> they, they have a, a real bromance going and uh, I'm kind of the, the odd man out, but I, but to tell you, I mean, really the Fanatic is, is really excited about Harp, you know, uh, winning it and uh, we couldn't be happier. It's great for the city. It's great to see everybody get so excited. I know that Harper's had the Fanatics picture on his shoes. He's, he's had the great socks. It's kind of cool to see that the Fanatic has embraced Bryce. He's only been here a couple of years, but it's like he's a member of the family already. Yeah, it's it's spectacular. That His first day when he was introduced to the media, the Fanatic got a chance to hang out with Bryce before the press conference. And Bryce's dad was saying, hey, Bryce, you got to show him the bat. You got to show him the bat. And so the Fanatic goes over to Bryce and he whips out his cell phone and he's going through some pictures and he shows the fanatic, this custom bat that he had made that had the fanatic hand painted all over it. Harper has been a fanatic fan forever, and he was so excited to, you know, I think one of the reasons to come to Philadelphia was to, you know, get a chance <laughs> to hang out with the fanatic. And then, you know, the last couple of years has just been great. It's been the shoes, it's been the headband, it's been, uh, you know, the the cool jacket. He he showed up uh, at opening day last year with a, a really cool green jacket with the fanatic. Uh, liner. And so what's cool guys is the fanatic tries to match harp with some of that stuff. You know, he, the fanatic came out with his own, you know, shoes with Harper's face on them. He had a jacket made with the lining all with pictures of Bryce Harper on it. So like I said, the bromance is alive and well. Now the fanatic has been around dozens of hall of famers that have worn the Phillies pinstripes. He's been around a number of great players. What is it about Bryce Harper that stands out? Yeah, I think it's really the way he plays the game. I mean, the city of Philadelphia loves guys who look like they're going all out, you know, and, uh, and you know, certainly you think of the Chase Utleys and the John Cruck and, you know, some of these guys who, uh, you know, maybe the hair is flying, they're busting it every play. Uh, they're great players too. Uh, that always helps. Um, but, you know, you mentioned a couple other guys, you know, Mike Schmidt was a guy who made it look really, really easy. And I think that's one of the reasons why, he didn't connect quite as well as uh, maybe some of these other players have. So I just think Philly just loves the way Bryce plays. So what was this last season like for the Fanatic? The fans were back. Team finished with its first winning record in almost 10 years. There were a lot of upsides to the 2021 season. Well, the biggest upside was we had fans. <laughs> you know, that 2020 season, I hope we never have to go through that again. Uh, you know, the fanatic was out there uh, trying to entertain about 10,000 cardboard cutouts. And uh, <laughs> it was a really weird, spooky season, you know, for the fanatic to be the only fan at those games at Citizens Bank Park. So uh, it was really different. So to have fans last year was just, uh, you know, the way base, obviously it should be. And uh, just to have that energy and that juice in the building, 
you know, it's a shame we didn't take it uh, all the way to the playoffs. We were there all season, you know, but just having the crowd kind of back supporting the team and uh, the Fanatic leading the charge, uh, you know, it's just really great. Now, we know the Fanatic wears a lot of hats. What does the Fanatic think about getting to just be himself again, going back to being his true self one more time? Well, Jay, I got to tell you, you know, it's so wild. I mean, um, it's science, you know, right in front of our very eyes. I mean, a couple of years ago, he went through these changes and, uh, you know, he's from the Galapagos Islands. So, you know, Darwin came up with all his theories of evolution, you know, and uh, adaptation and survival of the fittest, you know, looking at creatures like the fanatic. And so when he went through these changes a couple of years ago, we thought, well, this is just evolution, you know, and uh, and it kind of is, you know, it turns out some of these changes really serve no purpose at all. And so instead of evolving, the fanatic started to devolve, you know, he's kind of, uh, I think, slipping down the evolutionary scale rather than, uh, you know, evolving, which, you know, makes sense. I don't think we want a completely evolved fanatic. I think everybody likes a, you know, a fanatic that's a, a few short, you know, fries short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> <laughs> That is the beauty of the Fanatic, is that you can change what he's wearing, but the vibe stays the same. Was the Fanatic following all the fan reaction when the change first happened? And then last week, or earlier this week, really, when it was announced that the Fanatic would be coming back, what was he thinking as now he's back out in the open, back out in the streets with the people looking only how he can look? It's really uh, wild, the, the fan reaction, you know, when he started changing and you know grew wings and a bigger butt and stars around his eyes you know people didn't know what was going on uh you know there was some negative feedback and you know where's our where's the fanatic that we we love well you know the the fanatic never really changed you know he's still that same personality uh, that same character uh wreaks you know havoc wherever he goes gets into trouble uh so that character really you know didn't uh you know really change but uh, so really for the Fanatic, those last two years, you know, at the ballpark or in the community, nothing changed. But then it is pretty cool, you know, now that he's kind of got his old look back, uh, the look that people are familiar with, uh, you know, I think uh, to see the the excitement and, you know, social media kind of blowing up uh, is pretty neat. You know, it's cool to have that original look back. Tom, you just mentioned social media. I have to ask, is the Fanatic avid and active on social media? Does he lurk? Does it have a burner? Does he follow all the activity out there? Because the Phillies, their account had some great posts when the news was finally official. So what is the Fanatic's involvement in social media? Well, there are a couple issues. The First of all, the Fanatic, uh, he's not the brightest bird. Technologically, uh, you know, he, he doesn't quite have it all together. Uh, his He has a hard time typing with these crazy hands, wings, fur, furry things that he has on the end of his arms. Uh, so that's an issue. Thankfully, the Phillies do have a great social media staff. Uh, you know, he saw all the things that the Phillies were posting on Twitter yesterday. The Fanatic does have an Instagram account. Uh, he doesn't talk. So, you know, there's no words. It's just really all pictures. Like today, the Fanatic posted a picture of him holding the sign with, you know, MVP number three, uh, you know, congratulating Bryce. So, uh, He's he's kind of on social media, but he lets the Phillies, uh, you know, kind of cover a lot of what he's doing. There is no question, really, that the Fanatic would be on the Mount Rushmore of mascots. Can you tell us what it's like for the Fanatic to be kind of one of the pillars of the mascot community? And does the Fanatic have good friends, maybe other sports, other teams, other mascots who are also really good buddies with the Fanatic? 
it, it blows him away. Actually, he's done a lot of uh, travel around the country doing uh, minor league ballparks, major league ballparks. He's been to every All Star game for the last uh, twenty or more years, twenty three years or so. He's traveled internationally. He's been to Japan, you know Japan a few times. He's been to Central America, South America, Australia, Europe. And everywhere he goes, he's recognized and uh, and not only recognized. I mean, people, when they kind of see the fanatic, they go nuts. You know, they go they go crazy. You know, it, it just the emotion, especially here in the Delaware Valley. I mean, uh, you know, when you come face to face with the fanatic, the reaction of people is just, you know, can be just hilarious. You know, uh, so so to have that kind of recognition, um, you know, he, he loves it. It's cool. Um, but I will say, you know, that the mascots in, in every city, uh, you know, those mascots are beloved in every city. You know, we, we love to hate Mr. Met, <laughs> you know, it's in our <laughs> DNA. Right. But, uh, but actually, you know, Mr. Met is beloved in New York or, you know, take any, you know, slider in Cleveland, you know, or, uh, slugger in Kansas city, uh, certainly in our own city, you know, we, we know it's not just a fanatic, it's gritty, it's swoop, it's uh, fang, it's Franklin. So, um, they're all kind of beloved in their own cities, which is uh, the way it should be uh, in the mascot world. Tom, it's Mike. You have been the Fanatics' best friend for this will be your thirty third season, right? Yeah, thirty. I'm 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 losing count now too. Actually, <laughs> what is this? Thirty third. I think that sounds about right. Thirty third, thirty four. Yeah, crazy. So, how does he keep his ideas fresh, and 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 how does he balance between? the tried and true, the, you know, the smashing the batting helmets or the rubbing the bald head and coming up with new material? Yeah, it's a great question, Mike. And uh, and now is the time to do it. Once the season ends, the Fanatic usually, uh, well, he goes off to the Galapagos for, you know, for a week or two to clear his head. <laughs> and then uh, and then it's back to work and he's, you know, tries to keep current with what's going on. Um, thankfully, we have a great entertainment staff. We have a great video uh, department, Fanavision Group, uh, and um, we really kind of have a, a, a great think tank. So, if there's something, uh, maybe some new music or a theme that you know we should be playing off of, um, it's kind of neat when you come to a, a game in the Fanatic. It's the fifth inning. Um, you, you never know what's going to happen when that door opens and the Fanatic comes out on that ATV. You know, it could be he might be shooting hot dogs. He might have a an umpire he's going to dance with or somebody maybe we plan it out there a fake umpire or fake security guard we have dance groups we have our galapagos gang <laughs> uh you know which are inflatable characters I have a lot of fun with the fanatics so i think it's kind of unique uh from an entertainment standpoint uh when you're at the ballpark that something happens there on the field uh, and you never know what's going to happen so we do like to add to to that inventory or repertoire of the fanatic uh, from year to year. So try to stay current as much as we can. Tom, I got to go back for just a second. I feel like you can't mention the fanatic these days without also mentioning Gritty. They have sort of a, a little connection there. And so I'm curious, first of all, how the fanatic felt when Gritty came around and was like, Stealing his thunder, stealing some attention a little bit, but now it seems like they're friends, right? Oh, absolutely. And friends from the beginning, Sabrina, no doubt about it. It really, you know, my first thought was, well, what took them so long? You know, what took the Flyers so long to have a mascot? Uh, and then to to have that kind of a debut and, and to be introduced with that kind of uh, fanfare and um, burst upon the scene, I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. You know, it's like uh, just... So, so cool. And um, he's cool looking. Uh, he's very funny. Uh, and it's funny. He has mastered. I don't know how he 
uses his thumbs, you know, gritty, you know, what kind of hands he has to work social media, because uh, he does some great stuff on social media, too. And again, Sabrina, I could say the same thing for, you know, Franklin and Swoop and Fang, too. You know, they were kind of the, you know, the five, you know, mascots here in the city. And I don't think any other city has better representation, you know, of mascots than Philadelphia. The fanatic is quintessential Philadelphia. He has such a reach here. People have T-shirts. I've seen some rather interesting tattoos of the fanatic that people have got have gotten out of respect for him. He, he's a part of pop culture here. How does the fanatic feel knowing that he's as much a part of Philly culture as as the Liberty Bell or Ben Franklin or or soft pretzels? What does he what does he think of all this? Shay, you know what? He's already got a big head. And when, you know, he's, when, whenever he hears, ah, the Fanatic's an institution, or the Fanatic's as big as the Liberty Bell, you know, it's like, you know what? I, I try to shield him from that, honestly, because, you know, his head just shouldn't get any bigger. But it, it's very cool. He loves it because, really, he's Philly through and through. He loves being, uh, you know, thought of, you know, uh, as, you know, right in there with the the Liberty Bell and the cheesesteak and Ben Franklin. And it's funny, you mentioned the tattoos. I'll never forget. I was uh, with the Fanatic and we were doing a minor league uh, game in uh, Indianapolis. And a guy came up to the Fanatic and he rolled up his leg and there on his calf was this tattoo of the Fanatic. And Fanatic had never seen that before. And we're talking, this was back in the early 90s. Over the years, more and more people, you come to a game and somebody will make sure they run, you know, find the Fanatic, you know, <laughs> you know, flash his shirt and right there on his chest is a you know, picture of the Fanatic. It's really funny. So the, the tattoo thing is pretty cool, I got to tell you. And that's when you know, OK, you're a diehard fan. And also maybe you have, you know, you're a few fries short of a happy meal, too, <laughs> you, know? you know, but it, it's great. It's great. Now, the Fanatic also has a series of children's books. Where does this fanatic come up with ideas for stories for kids' books? Yeah, the book series is really great, and it's really cool how that came about. Uh, you know, I think we're, this is going to be our 18th book coming out this uh, next year. The fanatic gets a new dog, which is really cool. I can't wait for this book to come out because, uh, you know, it's really, really cute. And uh, the dog that's illustrated kind of looks like uh, the dog that I have, which is kind of neat, a little Australian shepherd. Uh, so I can't wait for this book to come out. But it's it's really great. We have a reading program, uh, the Fanatic uh, about reading program. We get anywhere between 50,000 to uh, 125,000 kids a year uh, who participate in the program. They they read 15 to 20 minutes a day because reading is fun. That's why the Fanatic is out there uh, preaching reading is fun. And, uh, and then the Fanatic visits, uh, you know, between 20 and 25 schools every year. So uh, the reading program and the books has just been a real, real uh, great thing for the Fanatic. Tom, so many people around not just Philadelphia, but really around the country and around the world love the Fanatic. What's a message that you want to get out there from the Fanatic to people who are happy to see him return in all his glory with the smaller butt and without the wings and not as much powdered blue and just being himself again. What message do you want to get out there to all the Fanatic and Phillies fans out there? Well, a couple of things you said there, Jay. First of all, you said love. And uh, I did write a book called Feel the Love, How the Most Powerful Force in the Universe Builds Great Companies. It's a, it's a leadership book. It's a business book. Uh, and it basically says, hey, what company, what leader, you know, who wouldn't want to be loved as much as people love the fanatic, you know, that crazy passion, love of the fanatic. And one of the things, you know, when we wrote that book, I wrote it with a guy, uh, his name's Evan Marcus. He's a business consultant. 
And we, and it was really interesting for me because I had to step outside my body a little bit. And it's like, well, what does the fanatic do? Why do people love him so much? And so uh, we came up with seven different principles and, you know, one of the things is the fanatic high fives and hugs and kisses everybody, you know, he kind of loves you first. And uh, we thought that was a pretty, pretty cool principle, you know. Uh, and then you mentioned, um, you know, he's very authentic. Um, he's himself. And that's who the fanatic is. It's been consistent. He's been that personality, that character for 44 years. This will be the 45th year. And so people know what to expect from the fanatic. You know, it's not put on. And uh, I think people really uh, respect that, you know, so uh, to be passionate, be yourself. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, some things we can learn from the fanatic, Jay. It's pretty cool. You know, Tom, what if someone out there wanted to learn how to be a best friend of a mascot? I went to high school with a guy who was so passionate about it. I think he did it in college. My tennis instructor when I was in elementary school was a backup Philly fanatic. I'm just curious, if someone wants to be a mascot's best friend, where do they start? How do they go about learning the tricks of the trade for what it takes? Yeah, Brian, it's really interesting in that, you know, when I first started, being a mascot was not really a career choice, you know, and uh, as kind of times have gone on here, kids grow up and they they see uh, mascots run around. It's become a little bit more of a career. I'll tell you what, one good way you can start too, if, if uh, you go to college is uh, through their cheerleading programs. A lot of these cheerleading programs have kind of an offshoot, you know, mascot, there's mascot competitions actually, uh, you know, so there are some ways to get into it. And, uh, you know, and if you do, you, you take your shot and it, it can open doors, you know, to, to other things. It's a great conversation piece. You know, it really is. And, and also, if, you know, if you're willing to, you know, sweat it out in a hundred degree days with a, you know, 40 pound furry costume, uh, you know, you, you pretty much are willing to do anything. You know, it's a great career if, if uh, there's some kids out there listening. I don't know if I can say I have experience as a mascot, but for a radio promo once, I had to run around ski slopes in a Chewbacca costume. So I definitely know, I guess it wasn't as hot out, but even in cold weather, it gets hot in those costumes. Yes, yes. Well, the fanatic, it doesn't bother the fanatic. He's from the Galapagos Islands. It's It can get pretty hot and dry there. So the hot, humid weather in Philadelphia, it usually has no, no effect on the fanatic. My good friend, Breland Moore, who is a sports anchor here in the city of Philadelphia, she's pretty good friends with the Temple Owl. And I think she's told me the same thing. <laughs> that at times it can get a little it can get a little warm in, in in that suit from what from what she's been told. It can get a little warm in that suit. Tom, how can people keep in contact with the fanatic aside from running into him randomly here in the city of Philadelphia? Because so many people love the fanatic. How can people reach out to him and and say hi to him? Well, Jay, you know, uh, we were talking about social media. That's that seems to be the place to you know, always stay in touch with the Phillies and the fanatic. The fanatic's got his Instagram account. We have uh, the Phillies, you know, Instagram and Twitter. Of course, they do a great job. And then the fanatic is just going to continue to be in the community in the offseason. Uh, we have our uh, week of giving coming up in December where we're all around the city getting ready for the holidays. Um, we'll be visiting the schools come January. Um, so and then, you know, he'll he'll be around and then he's going to get ready to go down to spring training because the Fanatic is always there for spring training. If the team's down there playing, the Fanatic's got to be there, too. So uh, uh, we're looking forward to that. It'll be here before you know it. And it'll be great to see the original true Philly Fanatic. Tom Burgoyne, thank you so much for joining us and speaking for the fanatic today here on the rundown. We greatly appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming on with us. Oh, you got it, Jay. Thanks for having me. 
Once again, we want to thank Tom Burgoyne, the Philly Fanatic's best friend, for joining us today for this special edition of The Rundown, which is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast. The show is produced by Sabrina Boyd-Circa and Brian Seltzer. The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickard. My name is J. Scott Smith. You can follow me at J. Scott Smith. It's real J. Scott Smith on Instagram and Facebook. And you can hear me every day on KYW News Radio 103.9 FM and 1060 AM starting at 3 p.m. for Philadelphia's Afternoon News. You can also follow The Rundown on Twitter at The Rundown PHL. And you can listen to the show for free on the Odyssey app or just about wherever you get your podcasts. We want to thank you for checking out this Friday edition of The Rundown.